Hello, and welcome to the Loft Gathering Podcast. Here at the Loft, our mission is reconciliation. We truly hope this podcast draws you into a new sense of belonging within the loving arms of Jesus Christ. Let's get started. Let's go without food and get close to Jesus. Whoever thought of that, that's the worst idea I've ever heard in my life. And I don't know why, and I don't know how, but it works. And I've done it a lot of times. And we're going to do it. And we're going to start tomorrow. There's a handout there. It's on your seat. It's near you. This is just for your own reference throughout the week. It just has some instruction of exactly what we're going to do. How long. How hard. How wide. And I'm going to point some of the scriptures out to you. And I listed the scriptures here. We're going to talk about them right now. But you have them for reference all week. Because when you get hungry, not if, but when you get hungry, you're going to need something to come to. And I would encourage you to set your mind to do it before you just say, maybe I'll try. Because if you're maybe going to try, you're not going to. Right. How do you know that, Lisa? Experienced. You won't. Because you'll get hungry and you'll give in. You'll sneak a snack. So what we're going to do is tomorrow... And get up and have some. We're still gonna have coffee. I mean, we're not savages, you know. <laughs> we gotta go to work, and anything that's a clear liquid, we'll be having. And if you have to work a job that requires something, maybe you need protein. You need protein shakes or meals. But I'm telling you, man, there's a sustaining thing that comes on you when you do this, and nobody wants to. Your flesh right now is going, oh, I can't do that. It's giving you 20 reasons why you can't do it. Well, okay, fast social media. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that too. And that's going to be tough for me because I'm addicted to my phone like all of you are. But I'm going to lay that down. I mean, I will I will post some things for people that are not fasting and they'll come out. I'll schedule that. We'll schedule those things for the law. But we're not going to look at that. We're not going to busy ourselves with who likes us for a couple days. Yeah. We're going to look to the one who made us. Yes. You know? The thing about God, he never, ever takes us for granted. He takes us as we are. We take him for granted all the time. And if we want to start seeing some things in our lives that we haven't seen before, we're going to have to do a couple things we never did before or that we've done but maybe not done well. And fasting is part of that. So is anybody in this house with me? Don't raise your hand. Just feel it in your heart. Okay. Okay. So there is a disclaimer I wanted to say. I always have to write this down because I forget. I get so excited. And we preach with a lot of conviction here. So I don't want somebody that has diabetes or a low blood sugar issue to think, oh, I got to do this. At least tell me to fast and then you're in the hospital and then I'm on a hospital call while I'm fasting. You don't want to do that. If you've got to eat food, you have to eat food. Find a way to do it where you, you skip a little time out of your day to sit before God. Plan what you're going to read. Plan what you're going to look at in scripture. I've given you a short list to look at every, every day. I guarantee you, you don't know all those things by heart that are sitting on that page right there. Start memorizing that stuff, you know, and do what you got to do. Maybe, maybe after the three days, we're going to go three days fasting. And then for the next 25 days, because it's 21 days of prayer and fasting. Okay. And um, you don't have to go without food that long. But for the next 25, we're going to skip one meal, whatever works for you. And during that time, we're going to get our word and our journals and our, our 
whatever keep notes on, whatever God could speak to you on, and we're going to write things down, and we're going to meditate on him on that. How long does it take you to eat? 15 minutes? You got 15 minutes to spend with the one who made you? Yeah, you do. Do it. What? 18 days. Oh, see there, it's even less. Yeah, it can be 25 if it's only 21 days. That's it. Look, I never said I was smart. It's just pretty. Anyway, it's a bad joke. So look, why do people fast in the Bible? There's a lot of reasons. And first I'm going to read to you some examples. And we'll talk about what their reason was for going to fast. The first one is right here in Esther. I was going to preach all on Esther, and there was just too much about this, so I thought I would just give us a couple pinpoints and let you take it from there, right? Because church does offer you a, a fellowship, and church does offer you community, but your, your walk with God should be happening in your room, on your carpet, you know, alone with him. So in Esther, she's in this place where there's a coup, and this dude named Haman is going to set something up so that all of the Jewish people are destroyed. All destroyed, right? And Esther is the queen, and she is in the middle of the palace, and she has an opportunity to intervene. But she's Jewish, and she's scared, and she's a girl. So here's what she says. Do you ever have anything big coming up? Probably not that big, but do you ever have anything big coming up in your life where you might intervene or you might be found in a spot to actually bring some kind of answer? Here's what she says to her uncle who unveiled the plot. He said, she said, go, gather together all the Jews who are in Susa and fast for me. Do not eat or drink for three days, night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. And when this is done, I will do it. I'll go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. Yeah. Girls, God mocks me. Mm -hmm. Moses. Moses is going to receive the word of the Lord, guys. The Ten Commandments, you might have heard of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Exodus 34, Moses was there with the Lord on this mountain for 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And I'm going to tell you, you, you could fast that long, but you cannot go without water in the natural. This is a supernatural thing. Do not recommend. The longest I've ever fasted is 10 days. I'm going to tell you, in 10 days, man, you know, for the first three days, your stomach growls. I always thought, why don't I only fast for three days? Because your stomach is growling. you got a headache. You know, you know why your body's detoxing? It's detoxing from all the food that we eat. All that sugar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're going to have a headache. It's going to be okay, though. You're going to be all right. You're going to be better after. And you're going to flush your body with so much good water. Yeah. Right? 40 days without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote, the, wrote on the tablets the word of the covenant. The Ten Commandments. So, life mission to save your people, to receive the word of the Lord. Next, for repentance, if you look at the book of Joel, there's a whole big thing going on there. You have to read this in your own time. It's a lot to go into. But there's a situation, and it's requiring repentance from people. The Lord says this, Return to me with your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Have you been away from God? Have you been looking for, what is that hang-up between me and God? I don't know how to find it. He's calling you, come back to me with weeping, with fasting. What an awesome day to be in church. If you think this stuff is sad, it's not. It's victorious, baby. This stuff right here will change your world. Yeah. Cry a little bit. Look at my mascara. I mean, it's good for your soul. It's cathartic. It's a cleanse for you. 
Return to me with your heart. And then he says this. I, I love this verse right here. Rend your heart, not your garment. Because in those days, they would put ashes on themselves and tear their clothes to say, I'm sad and I'm fasting. And he goes, I don't care about, God doesn't care about what it looks like. He cares about what's in it. Rend your heart, not your garment, and return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love, and he relents from sending calamity. And who knows, the Bible said this, and who knows, he may return and relent and leave you a blessing. There's nothing but good in that. Nehemiah, he's mourning, man. He's had a loss. Did you ever suffer a loss? He said, when I heard these things that the wall had fallen from Jerusalem, I sat down and I wept. And for some days I mourned and I fasted and I prayed before the God of heaven. Maybe God just wants you to take a little time and look at what you lost and write it down fearlessly. It's for you and him anyway. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. There's a day when we'll stand before him on our own and give an account for us. No one's going to be there. No one is going to be there to give an account for you but you. The disciples fasted. They did it to figure out who should we send? Who should go? This is from the book of Acts. It says, after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. It was Paul and Barnabas. He sent the two of them off on their way by the Holy Spirit. God will speak to you when you fast. Your your senses are going to get on high alert. After the third day, of fasting, you're going to feel a little lighter, like, maybe I could do this, I could do this a while. And you can. You can fast for a long time. But because the digestive system is just being cleansed out, colon being cleansed out, these are healthy things for us, you guys. Your respiratory system goes a little slower, too. You know, so naps are okay. It's a little fatigue that you're going to feel. I just want you to be prepared when you're stepping into something, because it's a physical thing you're going to do to get a spiritual result. Yep, all your clothes are going to feel better. You know, I heard Lisa Bevere say this. She goes, if you diet, you might look better. But if you fast, you'll see better. And your senses will be alert. And you'll begin to understand why there's no victory in that. Or why that relationship went that way. Or why is this going on in my life? And he'll speak it to you. And then your job is just to repent and respond and obey him. Jesus fasted. I figure if it's good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for me. Forty days again, tempted by the devil, and he ate nothing during those days. And at the end of them, he was hungry. I guess so. When should you stop fasting when you get hungry again? There will be a day. It might be day six. It might be, it might be seven. It might be eight. You know, as you're going along through this journey with us, there will be daily promptings you can look up. We're going to use four squares because it's good. Me and Scott looked at it last year, and we're going to do it again this year. You can sign up on foursquare.com. They'll send you an email every day if you want it. We'll probably post some of it, too. I'm not sure because we're going to try not to look at social media as much. But, but to put something out there you can eat, we might do that. You can look at it yourself. The devil said, if you're the son of God, tell this stone to become bread. It'd be the thing you wanted the most. And Jesus is so profound and he says, hmm, as it's written, man shall not live by bread alone. Jesus could have made that stone 
turn into bread. He can do anything he wants. He also could have eaten all the 40 days, and he didn't. What happens when you fast is the things you know about the word become so real and powerful and usable in your life. And I encourage you to do it. And when you fast, this one isn't in your notes, but let me read it to us anyway. When you fast, Jesus is telling us, Matthew 6, 16, if you're taking notes, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites. They disfigure their faces so their fasting may be seen. Oh, I can't do that on fasting. I'm suffering for the Lord. Don't do that. Wash your face. Get dressed. Present yourself to the world. How are you going to observe or discern anything in it if you're at home, on the couch, watching TV, just starving? That's not what we're talking about. Go in and among the same activities you do all the time, with your face clean, with your head high. Truly, I say to you, they have their reward. It's the people thinking, oh, they're so pious. They did a great thing. That was their reward. You're fasting. It doesn't need to be seen by others, but by your father who sees it in secret. And then you know what he does? <laughs> he rewards you openly. Yeah. There's another place where John's disciples and the Pharisees come to Jesus. Man, I'm going to tell you, today you're going to eat. Eat something good and think about the scripture right here. Because Jesus went to find Matthew to become his disciple. And people don't like Matthew. He's like a thief. He's like, he works for the IRS. They don't like him. And he invites Jesus to his house. And Jesus comes, you know, he's sitting there. And he's observed by people. Remember, this is where they call him a wine-bibber and a clinton. Our Lord. I think it's interesting that he would rather be sitting there, you know, having dinner. But that's where he's at. And it says in Matthew that John's disciples, John the Baptist, came to see Jesus and they said, why is it that we and the Pharisees fast often, but your disciples do not fast? And Jesus said, how can the guest of the bridegroom mourn while he is with them? But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken and then they'll fast. There's a time to fast and there's a time not to fast. And if, if there was ever a time to fast, it's now. And I like how Jesus equates fasting to mourning. Did you catch that? You know, why do you guys not fast? Well, there, why would you mourn when the bridegroom is with you? Fasting is hard, but you can do it. Laying your life down on a daily basis is hard. You can do it. Getting up early and seeking the Lord in the, in the first thing in the morning, you can do that too. And it's hard. Because if you don't, you might as well not even be sitting here. There's, there's, there's no reason to just sit in church week after week and not transform. Right. There's the power of the name of Jesus. There's the instruction of the word of God, and we carry it. What a privilege. Will you guys stand up with me? On the bottom of your hand out there, there's some things we're going to start doing around here that I feel like God convicted me for for this next season. And it's pretty easy. You might have seen uh, Todd walking up here and praying this morning, and I love that. Thank you for coming us early, Todd. I know that's your heart, just to pray and open the room. But what we're going to start doing, like, the first couple minutes, because we pray so much, but a lot of times we get in here and we get on the program, and we just start, you know, worship, and oh, oh, don't forget to give your offering. You know, I didn't even say anything about that. I figured y'all either got that in your heart to do or you don't. Go see Angie if you want to get you know, but it's like all, all that kind of stuff starts to happen and take over. But if we don't pray, 
and we haven't sought the Lord and we haven't gotten his instruction, we are just performers, and that is not who we are. So Jesus said it like this, let my house be a house of prayer. And how can you know how to pray if you never hear it and you never see anybody do it or you never observe it? So we're going to pray more publicly. And I think we'll just start some of the some of the mornings, like Scott did this morning. I was supposed to do it, but I was having technical difficulties. So thanks for covering me like you always do. But we're going to pray things like, where does the gospel go and how do we reach and what are we empowered with the Holy Spirit for anyway? To be a witness, right? Prayer is a witness. And in the book of Acts, when they received the Holy Spirit to be witnesses, where? First in Jerusalem, right? Is that it? Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. Judea, Samaria, the ends of the world. Home. The, the country around you and everybody. I believe charity begins at home. I believe the first place we should be praying is for ourselves in repentance. It's a cure for everything. I'm sorry, I, meant, I didn't mean it like that. Help me do better. Saying that to someone's face will change the whole structure of a relationship. Pray for yourself. Pray for the people that you're married to, that, that you birthed. Have you ever made tiny humans? They're amazing. They're just like you. Raise them up good. Pray for them. I remember, man, laying in bed at night with my kids. I spent a little bit of time with each kid, three daughters. Pray and scratch their back and draw little shapes on their back so they could guess what it was and teach them Bible stories and, and pray for teachers that they needed favor with, pray for some kid at school that was bugging them, pray for Mima to stop smoking. Yeah. We only had to pray that for six years. Six years! <laughs> we prayed that. She didn't want that in her life. Six years we prayed it. Little girl prayed it every night. We prayed for boys, boys, boys. My gosh, we prayed for boys that became men that became their husbands. We prayed for you since she was five. <laughs> and here you are. There's something about taking it to God first, you know. And we're going to do it. So just pray with me. Listen, if you've never met Jesus and you're standing in this place, lucky day. Turn your heart to him. All you got to do is right where you're standing. We don't need a big production. Right where you're standing, ask him to come in your heart. Yeah forgive you for your sins. Eyes open. Everybody looking around. If you can't do it in here, you're never going to do it out there. We receive you, Jesus. We trust you. We believe you. Yes. We honor you. We thank you for the sacrifice of the cross. When we ask you, forgive us for our sins. Come get in the middle of our lives. We give it to you. It's the beginning of discipleship. If we're going to do anything in this next season, we're going to make disciples out of Christians. Yeah. You're more than you think you are. Lord, would you bless this people? Would you come and get in the middle of this room right here, God? Would you arrest hearts? Would you help us not to live our lives for ourselves one more day? We declare that you are the Lord. You are the Lord of heaven and the Lord of earth and the Lord of me, my maker. God, help me to lay aside things that hinder me, weights that hold me back from your presence and from things that you've called me to, things I know you've called me to. Would you help me, God, to have the capacity, the fervor, the audacity, the faith, God, to walk in who you've called me to be? Would you speak your word and make it come alive on the inside of me? Would you draw me 
God, draw every single one of them. I don't care if it's 4 in the morning. If their heart needs to be broken before you at 4 a.m., bring it at 4 a.m. Bring it when you want it, God. Whatever it takes because something's got to give. Would you come? Would you get in the middle of us now? And would you bless our people, God? God, would you knit relationships that we've been looking for and longing for to be restored? Would you come alongside of the other party? And as long as it's up to me, let me be in peace with all people. And let my mouth not be evil, but be guarded that any word I might speak toward them or about them would be good and life-giving and building. Yes. I'm made in your image, God, and I speak life. And when you spoke life, it went into existence. Yes. Let there be light and life in this people. In Jesus' name. God, we pray for our city. We pray for those who govern us. God, that there would be wisdom, that there would be conviction on the men and women who make decisions yes. that we have to live in. God, that your spirit would arrest them where they are, that you would set them up, God, with the most fortunate system and series of events that they encounter Christians that are bold, that speak life and words of wisdom and knowledge in Jesus' name, that we might be able to raise our kids in the abundance of a life that you promised from your word. We pray for this world, God, that your light would shine in it and that we'd be part of it. Not like the sunshine, but like the moon reflects the sun. We reflect your glory, God. Yeah. God, we can't do anything without a personal encounter with you. We gotta see you. Would you please come with grace and move again and speak life in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Remember to like and subscribe to this podcast. You can learn more about the Loft Gathering by visiting loftgathering.com or by joining us for Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. Until next time, be blessed.